Welcome to the Adoption and Foster Care Journey, a podcast to encourage, educate, and equip you to care for children and youth through adoption, foster, and kinship care. Hosted by an adoptive mom with over 22 years of kinship and adoptive parenting experience, she's on this journey with you. Please welcome Sandra Flack. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. That is Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Some important verses for our guest today, and we will get to him shortly. I'm your host, Sandra Flack. I wanted to update you on some kind of exciting things in my family since we last uh, talked. Uh, My wonderful, precious little grandson, Killian, who many of you have followed that story. Um, He was born last year and uh, born with a congenital heart defect, had to have multiple surgeries. He has spent more months in the hospital than he had out of the hospital, but he just celebrated. We have just celebrated his first birthday. He's at home. He's doing phenomenally well. Uh, He had a stent put in his heart back in uh, late April, and that really has made a huge difference. He's got more energy than he's ever had. Uh, He's rolling around. He's starting to scoot around in his walker. He's reaching for things more than ever. He's um, happier and laughing and just really engaged more. Um, And he's got a, a, a huge appetite. He's downing eight ounces every bottle, um, whereas before, you know, four was the most he would do. Having a heart defect, it's very labor-intensive to eat, to drink out of a bottle, and he was apparently struggling even more than we realized. Um, And now he's even interested in any kind of solid food that they'll put in front of him that he can get his hands on. So he is doing wonderfully, Um, just celebrated his first birthday, Thank you for your prayers for those of you who have followed along. I know there's lots of pictures on social media. um, And for those of you who have prayed, um, we're just so grateful. And they're coming home for a visit in October. So stay tuned um, because I'm sure I'll be talking a lot about that. And as long as we're talking about grandchildren, I just... My eighth grandchild was just born a couple of weeks ago. Super excited about that. Another uh, another little boy, um, and his name is Stephen Wayne. And I'll try not to um, mess that up too much because my husband and my um, eldest son, they are Wayne Stephen. And the, his parents flipped the name around. And you know when you have like more than one kid that you have to name every kid before you get to the kid you're talking to because... You know, it's like, whatever your name is, get over here. You know who you are. Well, okay, then add, I have eight children um, and then eight grandchildren now, and I can't get half the names right, and now there's a real tricky one in there that's really going to confuse me. So a uh, little humor. I'll let you know how that goes. Um, anyway, that's that's really, we've been celebrating, um, just grateful for new life and um, just grateful. So thank you uh, for hanging in there with us. Um, Again, this is the adoption and foster care journey. And I'm so excited because I started this series a couple of years ago throughout the month of June, since June is uh, Father's Day, lands in June. We feature adoptive and foster dads as our guests throughout the whole month of June. So we've had two great dads on so far. I hope you caught those episodes. And today we have another one. I can't wait for you to meet him. But first, we do have some announcements to share with you. Natalie Vecchione of the FASD Hope Podcast and Sandra Flack of the Adoption and Foster Care Journey Podcast would like to invite you to join their Hope for the FASD Journey a virtual support community for parents and caregivers raising individuals with an FASD, diagnosed or not. This faith-based community includes an online bi-monthly support group, a monthly VIP conversation, and a private Facebook group which includes a video devotional from Natalie and Sandra every Saturday. 
To register, visit justicefororphansny.org forward slash training forward slash F-A-S-D. And I've got some online workshops coming up. Um, The next one, Wednesday, July 12th, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. I am offering a free lunch and learn, we call it. It's an intro to FASD workshop. And this is great for any foster or adoptive parent, whether or not you know or you think or you're not sure if a kiddo in your care um, was prenatally exposed, could they possibly have an FASD? This is this workshop will help you shed, shed some light on that. Um, or maybe you do know your children or child was exposed and you're, you're working through those things at home, but maybe you have adult children like I do, or grandparents, or a babysitter, or a school teacher, or a neighbor, or your kid's karate instructor, or anybody who's working with your child, right? Pastor at the church, Sunday school teacher, youth group leader. <coughs> that would be my dog. Well, we'll see if our amazing producer, Ken, can edit out my puppy, Liberty, who I don't know what she's barking at because I'm not even sure. But, um, of course, she had to interrupt. And I'll try to remember where I left off. But I was talking about the Lunch and Learn, which is a free one-hour session, uh, introduction to FASD, great for anyone. Um, so that we, we offer these monthly. Um, and the next one, like I said, is July 12th. So in order to... Um, get the Zoom link to be able to tune in to that workshop. You have to register, even though it's free. You do have to go to our website, justicefororphansny.org, click on training, and then click on FASD and scroll down to registration. Um, that way you can get the, the they can get the Zoom link. Um, also, uh, if you want something a little bit deeper, go in a little bit deeper with FASD. We have a three-hour deep dive coming up and that is on Thursday, July 20th. I believe that is at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And there I go through, we go deeper. I use the facets neurobehavioral model um, and it just takes you deeper into FASD and it is a great workshop. So if you've already taken the Lunch and Learn, you would really appreciate what we cover in the three hour or if you haven't taken the Lunch and Learn, you can still take the three hour. The lunch and learn is not a prerequisite. Um, It's just a way to get your feet wet. So um, two workshops coming up in July. We do offer certificates of completion for all of them. And if you are a social worker licensed in New York State, we do offer CEUs as well. So again, to register for any of these workshops, justicefororphansny.org, click on training, and then you'll see FASD scroll down to registration. We've included a link uh, to the website in the show notes, so it'll be easy for you to find and you can just click on it and go there. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. If you are a first-time listener, we have a whole library of episodes you could go back and check out. We've got bonus episodes with Dr. Jared Brown where he takes us deep in the weeds covering topics that every foster and adoptive parent must know about. I've done a whole series on the primary characteristics, symptoms of FASD. Um, We covered foster care and human trafficking in the month of May, 2023. And I always feature amazing guests, um, foster adoptive parent guests, professionals, and adult adoptees or alum, uh, adults who've aged out of foster care. So there's such a wealth load of podcasts in that um, library. Make sure that if you're a new listener, you subscribe so you catch all the new ones, but also go back and listen to some of the old ones um, because it's a great way to really get equipped and encouraged for this unique parenting journey. Okay, now to our guest. I'm so excited to bring you Derek Carter. Derek is the manager of Focus on the Families Foster Care and Adoption Program. Over the past 15 years, Derek and his wife, Holly, have been foster parents and have welcomed six children into their family, four of them they adopted through foster care. Before coming to focus on the family, he was in full-time church ministry for over 25 years as a music and worship pastor in both Prescott, Arizona, and Wichita Falls, 
Texas. Now, I can say from experience, Derek is a gifted worship leader. He led worship at the Renew Retreat in North Carolina that I recently attended, and amazing, amazing. So um, he's definitely gifted there as well. Um, He has also had a dual role in establishing a foster care and adoption ministry while on staff at his church in Texas. Derek understands the vital role that the church can play in supporting foster and adoptive families while also wrapping around the child welfare workers in their community. Derek and his family now reside in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Please welcome Derek Carter. Hi, Derek. Hi, Sandra. Glad to be here today. Yes, I'm so thrilled to finally have you on the show. Um, You and I have met on several occasions, and and I've had the privilege of working with you at Focus on the Family for the FASD project, and now I'm so excited that our listeners actually get to meet you. Um, Yes. Yeah. Just great to have you. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, thank you for saying yes when I asked. (laughs) Because I'm, I'm anxious to hear more. I know a little bit of your story. You've shared it with me here and there, but I'm really excited to hear the whole thing. Um, I know that you and your wife, Holly, have been foster parents for about 15 years. Is that right? Yes. So we're not currently. Uh, when we got our last one and we adopted, um, we knew some transition was happening in our lives. And so we we took a break, but up till then it was 15 years. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. tell us, kind of start at the beginning. What led you to step into foster care? So God did a big work in me. <laughs> so a lot of things led to it, uh, but it started before we even got married. And uh, my wife was actually a foster mom as a single as a single lady at 20 years old. Um, wow. she, her, her mom's best friend, she was nanny for, and uh, she was a foster parent. And so they had a sibling group and that, and one, of, uh, and so because they added the siblings to it, there wasn't enough room for one of the, one of the children who wasn't a sibling. And so my wife became a foster parent to be able to still keep the, that relationship going. And, uh, so that's actually where it started is way back then. And I've known my wife since third grade. And I told her, when we got started dating, I said, that's great for you, but that is never going to be our story. So just kind of get it out of your system and, uh, and let's, let's not even head down that path. I want, you know, two kids and that's how life's going to look like. And God had different plans. And so um, while we don't advocate for people to start a family with, through foster care, um, we just, you know, when the doctor said, Hey, you're going to need to find alternate means to, to have a family. We decided that, um, I, God did a change in my heart at that, at that time. And, um, and I just, I said, Hey, let's start looking into foster care because I knew what it had meant to her. And, uh, really, honestly, I had no, at that point, God did such a work in me that I had no recollection even of where that had even started. I didn't remember telling her that. Of course, she remembered, but I didn't remember telling her that because God had just done such a work in me. And so we started down a path of just, um, what does this look like? And I still was quite unsure of what this whole foster care journey was going to look like. Um, But God led us to the right agencies and the right people to get started down a path that I did not see coming. And it's, even at that point, I just saw it as fostering. And then the kids go on and another one comes in and they go on um, just because we had, we had, we were at a, at a, at a point in our lives where we just were, wanted God's best for what our family was and for the kids in our home. So that's where it all kind of started is me dragging my feet and my wife, very, very uh, fervently praying that God would change my heart. And that's what he did. He does tend to answer prayer, doesn't he? (laughs) (laughs) And it was funny because even, you know, being being in ministry all those years, that was just, it it was never on my radar, foster care and adoption. Um, It just wasn't how I saw it coming. But my wife prayed, prayed me into this space. (laughs) <laughs> we wives have a tendency to do that. Yes. <laughs> so, so you fostered and then you you ultimately adopted four of the children that you fostered. So, would you share about how they came into your family and the, the that whole part of the story? Yes. Yeah, so, we actually had um God did a really amazing amazing work in our family because 
Um, we prayed that God would, as, as, as you know, when you are a foster parent, you get all kinds of calls. And so even some that are outside of your range of what you're comfortable with and what you put down on paper and all that stuff. So we really believe that God was going to bring the ones into our home that needed to be in our home. And so um, we prayed that God would would lead us to the right kids. And the first one that came into our home, actually, we had a sibling group first of three. And, ooh, they were a tough one. And we decided we're not quite ready, I don't think, for a sibling group. Um, so we got one in our home. Uh, when she was just just a week or so old, and um, and she stayed with us till till almost nineteen months, and then went back to a situation that wasn't the best. But a long story short, on her, uh, she came back in the system. My mother in law adopted, and now she's um, now she's still part of our family. God brought her back into our family, and so that was number one. But the ones that are actually a part of our family, the four. Um, the next one is our daughter, uh, Bailey, and she, uh, they, we took a year off because actually when we sent the other one back home, three days later, our first daughter was born. So God just took those times of, he, he was, he was needing me to say yes to this, uh, life journey. And, uh, and then, uh, then the, then it fell into place after that. So our daughter Reagan was born. We took a year off. Uh, just to kind of bond, it, it was difficult to send the other one back home and bond with this new one three days later. So it just took some time. But a year later, uh, the agency, we we told them to put us on hold. So a year later, they called and said, hey, we have a medically fragile uh, child, a little girl who's uh, eight days old, needs, some, needs someone who's going to stay home with her, be able to do all the surgeries. And so it was really a, a God thing that she came into our home because um, she did. She had. Um, she had. Her skull had. Had. Uh, oops. The light's gonna go out in here, and I hate that. <laughs> I forgot about that in this room. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so if I wave my arm every now and then, it's because it's not seeing me. So she came into our home uh, through uh, special needs, and so her her skull had already fused together, craniosynostosis. It had already fused together, and then they discovered at six months she had a cataract on her eye. And so that the, it was pretty, she was, and she was very, very teeny tiny. And um, so she came into our home, long story short on her, we adopted her a couple of years later, um, took a break. Our son was born in that means in the meantime. So we had three kids, we were good. Um, and we moved to Wichita Falls as a music pastor. I moved to Wichita Falls to take a position there. And before I got there, the pastor said, hey, you are the perfect candidate to start a foster care ministry here at the church because you've adopted. Uh, sure. Okay. So it was kind of a jump in uh, full force. And what ended up happening is that kind of went like this, where the music side started to go down and the foster care and adoption side. And God really took that time to really kind of implant the foster care and adoption piece in me more than just more than just as a, a one child in our home, one and done thing, but really something that was, that became more of a passion for, for me and my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in that process, we decided we should be a good example. Since we're leading foster care and adoption ministry, we should lead to be, be a good example. So we, the, the plan again, bring them in, send them out, bring them in, send them out. Um, so we, we actually started once our kids, our littles were too young. There's, they were about four, three and two at that time. And it was like too much, too many diapers going on. So we waited till they got a little older, could help. And we went to, um, so we got our first placement in 20, uh, in 2019. And he came into our home, little Brecken, and uh, he came at four days old and through that process of him, um, we we were we uh, immediately attached to him. Second one came, uh, Dak. He came two weeks, uh, t- uh, sorry, two months later, and we you know we were excited that he was in our home. But the plan was for him to come and go. That we had family, they had family ready to go. It was like a come and go. Sure, we can do five, five stretching us a little bit, but we can do five. And then uh, he ended up staying with us and they're one day apart. Uh, so those two little boys, actually, the first two placements we have are twins. But well, one's African-American and one's very redhead, as, as redhead as can be. But we call them our twins. 
And through the process of adopting Brecken, um, his biological mom, his birth mom had another one. Um, and so we ended up 10 months after he was born, eventually being able to adopt him. And six was enough. Six is good. And I'm good with six. That's wow. no, <laughs> a long story. But four of them, they all have very unique stories of how they came into our family. But that's <sighs> what I love about them, because even though you can't always share their birth stories with them, they share a unique story of how they came to our family. And so we're able to, to, to capitalize a little bit on that instead of the birth part of it. Yeah. So they all came young, like babies for the most part, right? They did. They all came young. And that was because our, our plan with our, with our, three that we had in our home already with the youngest three is we didn't want to, we, once our, once our daughter was born, we didn't want to change the birth order any, we sure. wanted to keep her the oldest. So it kind of became, um, it, it, it became a matter of birth order at that point. And so yeah. then they just started to come little, little ones started to come. And that's really the, what we're best at. We, my wife's really good with um, babies and, and things like, and, and little ones coming in. So yeah, it was an interesting yeah. story. They're going to grow up, you know. I know, <laughs> you know, I keep reminding her of that. I said, so at what point, so I guess you're the baby. So I have to be the teen one and I'm, <laughs> uh, you know, and there are four of them are boys. And so with four yeah. of them being boys, that's, <laughs> that's going to be, that's going to be a, a, a interesting house when they grow up. Yes. Scenes. Yes. So teens can be wonderful. And then sometimes they're just not, you know, so it's a, every day is an adventure. Um, I don't want, I don't want to scare you off yet, but, oh, but um, you, you take what God gives you and you learn, right. and you learn to, to be a good parent at whatever age. Yeah. And he, and he equips us right for the journey that mm -hmm. we need to be on. So, um, Typically, as you know, children in foster and adoptive placements, they come in with trauma, they come in with loss, a um, lot of adjustments that have to take place. So yes. how was that experience for your family? Because how old are the kids now? So now they're 14. They, we had birthdays. They're usually stair steps. So 14, 12, 11, 4, 4, 3. Um, and yeah, they came in with trauma. And you know what's really been interesting is you they they give you a very brief trauma training as a foster parent but it's really nothing to prepare you for what's to come it's you know um it's a very uh, it's like a one afternoon one day training um but every kid is unique as you know every kid has their own thing so it can only prepare you to a certain point and then you just kind of uh you know trust god and allow him to 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 help you, uh, we we depend a lot on 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 the leading of the Lord with these kids because the trauma that came in was very real. And then our first daughter that we adopted, we get the comment a lot of times: How can she have the you know the issues that she has when she was only when she came to you at eight days old? And and they, it's hard to fathom that there could be trauma then. Um, but what I remind them is she had visitation for five days a week, uh, Monday through Friday, a, a half hour to get there, two hours of visitation and a half hour back. And so for the first 18 months of her life, it was not knowing who to attach to, not knowing what had happened. And when and the, her story is very much filled with trauma um, leading up to that. And so it affected her a lot. And we didn't, we were not always the best, still sometimes aren't always the best. Sometimes we, um, we laugh and say, we're no Karen Purvis today um, <laughs> because of her TBRI training, but we've learned. Um, and with these last three coming up, we, we really wanted to make sure that we, we uh, were more sensitive to their to the trauma side that they've had, even though they came to us young, like our first one, um, he came to us at four days old. Not a lot of, not a lot of, um, uh, um, of a very kind of um, seen trauma, I guess you would call right. it. Um, but there still is those kind of attachment issues that creep up every now and then. Then we have our our second one, Dak. He was failure to thrive. And so while the trauma looks different than it did, uh, you know, for, for each kid, his 
is some developmental delays and the trauma that comes with that and and having that patience. And then the last one actually was with mom for 10 months, for nine months. And so there's still that nine months of connection that you think, oh, a child's resilient, they'll get over that. And yet we have discovered that trauma is very, very real. Um, and it can't be, it can't be um, always just uh, brushed off as well. They'll get over it. They'll grow out of this. It's something we have. We've, in fact, my wife and I advocate counseling therapy for the foster parents, for the adoptive parents shouldn't be a shameful thing. Um, we did, we did train, we went to therapy and counseling for ourselves uh, to learn how to deal with the traumas of these kids. And it really was very beneficial for us. Yeah, that's, I totally agree with that. And then you did mention Dr. Purvis and TBRI. So did you guys get that training as well? We did, but you know, our, our foster training was, um, it was like one piece of a number of trainings. And so it was kind of a, and, and depending on the instructor we had, it was kind of a, this is a required training. So let's just get through it. And we were like, yeah, let's just get through it until we were like, wait, we needed that once it started to come. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. And of course, back when we first started in 2000, uh, 2009, um, when we first started this, actually 2007, when we first started, that really wasn't as much of a thing as it is now. It was, it was less accepted. It was more of a hush-hush when you talked about trauma. It wasn't as well known as it is now, the, the TBRI training. Um, and so w- that is one thing that I wish hadn't been just kind of brushed over as another training we have, but really emphasize the purpose and the meaning of that training, because then we probably would have taken a little bit deeper because it took us a couple of times of doing it to go, I get it. I see what need why we need this is this is not just affecting the child, how this affects our family. And so that's when we started to dive deeper into the Karen Purvis uh, and and all the all the pieces that she brings. And really, it helps us to just refocus sometimes. It just helps us to stop and go, Okay, I need to take a deep breath. I need to make sure that that I'm not reacting to something and, and, and I'll give my child a chance to do this over, give my child a, t- what, what's the cause behind this? And um, again, um, this is, n- we are far from perfect at it, but it at least gives us a chance to stop and breathe and go, okay, let's remember some of those elements to be able to better handle this situation. Yeah. I love that because it takes sometimes several lessons before we it really fully sinks in because i remember reading the connected child Mm -hmm. and then it was like you know where was this information because we didn't have any we didn't foster we we adopt we did a kinship and then we adopted Mm -hmm. internationally so we had zero training so we didn't even know what it was that we were supposed to know or that we didn't know um but then after everybody was home we were you know knee deep in trouble actually probably up to our next deep in trouble (laughs) but uh and then i found the connected child book and then we heard about um in those days because this was probably 2011 or so Dr. Purvis was speaking and doing the Empower to Connect mm-hmm. conferences. So we flew from New York to Nashville to spend three days in that training with Dr. Purvis. And then I, she actually was in New York State at an adoption conference here. I went to that about, probably about a month later. Okay. And then when they started doing the simulcasts, which now is called something different, it's the Hope for the Journey simulcast, um, we just did those every year. And like something I always always gleaned, you know, new, new gold nuggets, right? It was always That's something right. new that I was able to walk away with. So you kind of just need that constant dripping to understand that connection piece. Totally. And uh, yeah, definitely. Because so it gets, the, it gets, it gets stale sometimes in our hearts, yeah. not just in yeah. our minds, but even in our hearts, it gets stale. And so to have those waters stirred up again and go, okay, I can do this. That's what I love yeah. about that at Hope for the Journey conference. Yes. And then our kids go our different, you know, trauma kind of appears at different ways at different stages, mm-hmm. right? So yes, just when we think we're like, for us, it was attachments going great. And then they became teenagers. And then it was like, what is going on? <laughs> so it's just continuing always to get that trauma 
education is very important. And then, of mm-hmm. course, I always ask about fetal alcohol spectrum disorders um, because most children in child welfare or you know adoptive placements have been prenatally exposed. Most of the time, they're not actually diagnosed or they're misdiagnosed. So have you experienced anything with FASD? You know, uh, actually, because of times that you've come to focus and I've heard you speak and I've been to some of your uh, to your training at CAFO, um, we have they've never been diagnosed. But a lot of the things that you have spoken about really resonate with us um, because, uh, you know, when they're younger, doctors are always afraid to put labels on children. They're afraid to say this is what it is. Um, until there's a lot more conclusive, but, but I, 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 we, there are key points that I believe are, are uh, in just knowing the, the relationship with the birth mom, uh, that, that there definitely was, uh, some exposure to alcohol. Um, I'm never sure how much, and it's never in really in writing. Um, but we are continuing down that path of trying to find out for the little ones, especially the, the the three little ones, what that looks like and what kind of things. So we've, they've never had a, a, like it actually said, yes, this is what it is. It's just kind of, it could be any of these things. And so um, we're, we're still going down that path because there are a lot of things that really resonate with us, like giving too many directions at one time and, and this direction and that direction and in that direction and, and making sure that you're following through, you know, instead of too much information at one time, those kind of signs are some that we've seen along the way. And so we're, we're, we are, it's always great to be informed. It's always great to have knowledge of that so you know what you're looking for. So um, I've appreciated what you can what you bring to families and and opening up that doorway to see that, hey, you might have this, but it could be FAST also. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's definitely because trauma and other neurodevelopmental disorders have they all ha- and, and FASD, similar symptoms. Right, they overlapping do. symptoms. So it's kind of navigating what is this, and you know, could it be that? And and yeah. it is a journey to try to sort through. Um, but the things that I often teach in my workshops apply straight across the board, whether it was FASD or whether it was autism or if it was from trauma. Definitely. Being able to accommodate our children and build on their strengths works, even if a child is even our even biological children. Right, yes, that works. That's yeah. right. That's so true. Yeah. So, so tell me a little bit more. You mentioned that your 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 pastor had wanted you to start help start a foster and adoption ministry at your church. Mm-hmm. Um, what did that look like a little bit? Because I know you're very passionate about churches being equipped and, and doing this ministry. So tell us about that. Definitely. So um, the church we went to, first of all, the pastor was supportive, and I think that's always a key. Yeah. When, when in church ministry, the pastor has to have a heart for it. Now, they don't have to have the the plan. They don't have to have the, the know-how to do it. But there has to be that support from the pastor. And our pastor was fantastic in Wichita Falls. Gave us just so many um, uh, resources to be able to do it. So we started from the ground up. It was just a matter of... Let's see who in our church, and I think that's so important because people don't realize who sits next to them in church may have experienced things that they never thought. And so we just started with who in our church knows somebody or has been in this space or has been an adoptive parent or a foster parent. And we ended up with uh, a CASA. We ended up with a former, uh, one of our, one of our retirees was a former social worker, actually was a current social worker, hadn't retired even yet. Um, and so she started out uh, with us on our team. We had actually people who could help us with the biological parents too, from Celebrate Recovery. Uh, they were a part of our team. And so we just started to develop a team of people and to say, what could we do? And what was so interesting is we're the thought is always how many foster parents can we get? That's the goal. Let's get foster parents in here. And so that really um, was discouraging at the time because we weren't getting the foster parents 
in that we thought we would. We were even matched um, through our through our denomination. We were matched with a an agency, and it was like, yes, we we have the agency behind us. We can do all these things, and we we went through the process to try and figure that out as a team. As and I think it's so important that you get information from a group of people and not just trying to do it. You know, do it on your own. Do it in your own knowledge, because everybody brings something to the table. And so we actually took a turn in the middle of a couple of years into this. We did some Christmas drives to kind of do tests and see what people want to give to. And so we ended up kind of making a shift in the middle and deciding our ministry was really going to be to minister to those who minister to the children. And so we took the CPS workers, the CASA workers. Um, we even took some in the judicial system, um, just some of those people who never really get recognized for the work they do. Now, that doesn't mean we stopped um, advocating for foster families or we advocated for, we didn't stop trying to get those families in, but we realized our, our really our space in this was going to be those CPS workers. And so we started doing a an appreciation luncheon twice a year. We invited them into the church and into our building. We had a great, a nice, a nice luncheon come and go because their schedules are always so busy. They said what a great avenue it was because then they they don't ever get time to connect themselves. So in our town was about 104,000. Um, so they didn't get a chance to connect to each other because they're always at a court date or I was moving. It was a chance for all of them to come together. But then our church, we said, hey, this is what we need. We're going to have 100, 100 workers come. We need $5 gift cards to Sonic. Um, and so our church would go out and buy those $5 gift cards to Sonic so that every every um, worker would leave with something. Now, before COVID, we would get the church involved in the cooking and the being a part of all that. We would have a menu and all that. Obviously, COVID changed, changed that piece of it. But it gave our church a simple way to get involved. And in fact, when I left the church, um, one of the one of the board members actually said to me, you have brought missions to the church in such a way that it's tangible for us. It brought it to a way that we can do something and it's not just overseas. It's something right in our own community. And we got the care portal involved and people were jumping on board with a care portal to say, yes, you know, I can be a part of that interesting little piece of that. We joined with the care portal and one of the needs that was met through our church with the care portal was um, the the worker and I actually developed a great relationship because uh, we were able to we were able to help them in their time of need. They recognized the church was there for them in their time of need, um, and so that worker and I developed a relationship. And when we opened the door for our first placement and and said, you know, yes to that, but actually opened the physical door to that. She was the one standing there to bring that placement to us. And we wow. connected. She was a part of the process, you know, the adoption. We invited her to that because of the care portal being a part of connecting the church and the state, you know, together to be able to do these things. And so our the ministry there. I think it's important to know your congregation because mm -hmm. there are going to be those congregations that, yes, you can get uh, foster families in. We had to really shift our thinking to how can we be a part? We don't want to stop being a part because everybody can be a part. How can we do this? So it's just a matter of getting creative. And, um, and even through our Christmas drives, um, our Christmas drives turned into not just an angel tree project, but we actually took on foster families that were that needed help because uh, a lot of times the agencies give to the kids at Christmas time who are uh, who are in the system, but our biological kids get left out of the process. And so those you know those birth kids or kids you've adopted, they don't get as much sometimes at Christmas time as the kids who are in the system because a lot of different agencies give to them. And so we would take on a church as a family, the mom, the dad, what are the things they need uh, just to feel rejuvenated, refreshed. Sometimes it was a massage, sometimes a bath and body works. Um, but I realized as a foster parent, how important that piece was to wrap around the whole family. And interestingly enough, it actually turned into kinship placements towards the end of my time there because there were so many grandparents and aunts and uncles taking on kids. And that's really where I learned about kinship uh, as much as foster is watching these families and their heart and their passion 
that they're not going to let anything stand in the way of taking care of their family. And I love that. I loved it. Yeah. And I, I'm so grateful that you mentioned Care Portal, because I was thinking as you were talking about taking care of the CPS workers and the caseworkers, that is something that we, we do get to interact with them so much because of the Care Portal. And I believe it's March is National Social Worker Appreciation yes. Month. Mm-hmm. And we do that with every county that we work with. Um, we, we bring either food or goodie bags or something to the caseworkers. And I remember the first year that we did it, they kind of filed through to get their food and they're looking at us sort of like with shocked faces. And they were like, nobody does anything for us. Like nobody, like, and you are, they, they see us as already doing something because we're giving them care portal, right? But to, to be able to have that more personal touch with them, it builds relationship and it, it's pretty incredible because they are in a pretty thankless job. They're often they seen are. as the bad guys. They're oh. the ones that take kids away, totally. right? So to be able to encourage them, and they've said to us with Care Portal, now they feel like they have something they can give their families instead of yes. always feeling like they're taking away. So yes. it's a it's really incredible. And, then and they I feel love welcomed and loved yes. and thanked by the church as the yes. person, not just not just who they are in a job, but as a person that we cared about them. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that, um, you know, you you talked about, um, make sure I don't lose my train of thought here. The, oh, where was I going to go with that? Because I had something on the tip of my tongue I was going to mention about well, we'll keep going because I don't know where it went. I don't know where it went. It'll, it'll come it'll come back to me. But, oh, I know what it was, actually, because we could go into something feeling like, okay, God wants us to do something. Clearly, it must be this, right? And oh, then sure. not go anywhere. But when you take the time to listen and to really sit and wait on the Lord and see what he wanted to do, clearly the Lord had a plan on what that ministry was going to look like. Mm-hmm. And with every church, it could be different, right? It might be the families. Mm-hmm. It might be the biological parents of those kids. It might be the caseworkers. It could be a mixture, um, but it's very important to make sure that we're following the Lord and really what he wants to accomplish because that will be, that's when it will thrive. And everybody has to play their part. I think that's what's so important. Our church wasn't going to be the one to reach out to the biological families like another church could have been. And another church can take that piece on and another ministry can take on. And so it really comes into everybody coming together and not one ministry or church feeling like they have to do the carry the whole load of it. Um, And really that if even for foster parenting, what you said is so true because you start out, you start out as I have a heart for it. I don't know what to do with it. We always say this about our family, the, the resources we do here. You start out with this kind of just heart for it. You don't know what to do with it. Then you move a little, you find an an opportunity to wrap around a family. Then you see how much it's blessing them. And eventually um, you might, I'm not saying every family, because I really feel like you need to be called to do this and not just jump in because of a a moment of emotion. But when when you've gone through all those pieces and you get to the middle, it really looks different than how you started in this journey. Um, I never saw myself with six kids, but I couldn't imagine it any different now. Um, because of how God shaped that journey because he gave a heart and then we moved a little deeper and a little deeper. And even after we had adopted the ministry within the church, developed that passion even further. And so you just have to be open really in this field of, of foster care, adoption, kinship placements, even being a support, be open to what God is calling you to do in this space. Yeah. And I'm sure that that has something to do with how you or why you left Texas and you are now in Colorado Springs with focus on the family. So tell us about that part. It really does. You know, um, sometimes in our journey, we take a big step of faith. And after 26 years of music ministry, um, my wife and I knew that God was calling us to something different. We got COVID uh, December of 21 and really put us both down for like 10 days, just both of us down, but it gave us a chance to sit and talk about life. And so we talked about, Hey, what is God doing in you? What is God doing in me? And we really came to realize this was, this was what we wanted to do. Didn't know what it looked like. We wanted to be in the foster care and adoption space of some point. We really felt like God didn't bring us to this point in our family and all the miracles that had happened up to that point. To, to not share our story, but also to not share our passion with other people. 
And so, um, yeah, so we took a big step of faith January of 22 and told our pastor that we were going to be stepping down at the end of, of March. And I stepped down at the end of March with no job, uh, six wow. kids and no job, um, just trusting that he had a plan for this, but really feeling really feeling deeply. And you have to know when you step down with six kids and there's no job that you've heard that you've heard from God. Um, And, but we moved in back to Arizona, moved in with my mother-in-law and uh, just really sought what God had for us. And, and interestingly, my dad was the one who was doing the searching really mostly for me because he, he was retired, had time to just check out all the spaces. So he said, hey, folks on the family has a job you should check out for um, for foster care and adoption. And I was like, dad, folks on the family doesn't do foster care and adoption. They do broadcast. They do parenting. They do marriage. They do the kids, but they don't. They have Adventures and Odyssey. This isn't something they do. He said, well, you should go check it out. So I checked it out and and God really put all the pieces very quickly together once the process started. Uh, Dr. Ford and mine, our hearts really molded together very quickly in this process. She comes with such a wealth of knowledge, as you well know, from what she's, the, the areas that she's been in and uh, coming from lived experience with all of her wealth of knowledge uh, God really joined our hearts together very quickly. I've had to learn a lot. Um, I've, I've learned a lot of pieces along the way. What I really have loved, though, is the partnerships that God has brought together. And even some of the places that um, I really felt like God was calling me to work in that interim time are, are, are the partners that we partner with It focus on the family. And God brought all those relationships that I wondered why he was leading me down this path and it didn't work out and this path and it didn't work out trying to make the foster care and adoption piece work for us, that God brought all those pieces together full circle. And those are many of those are the places that we partner with now. And I can, and now we have a a relationship that was built way back then that God started back then. And now the pieces come together to make this whole puzzle come together in foster care and adoption. So I love working with um, working with folks on the family, but also being able to resource these families that that we come in contact with with ways that they can just um, open up as a foster parent, adoption parent, kinship placement um, as a what we call family allies, the wraparound support. So I love that piece. So God yet yeah, did this big, and it was it was just that piece of I had to kind of. Um, I knew what God was calling me to do, but I had to go through a period of kind of grieving the old me that was there um, and then and then letting God do what he was going to do. And you uh, you were at Renew, uh, at Renew Retreat um, with with uh, Jody and how God brought that piece that I thought I had was going to was going to just fade away into the background and allowed me to lead to lead worship at a foster care and adoption conference. It was like God, God brought all these pieces together of that I never thought would merge ever together. And I really had, you know, grieved it and like, okay, God, you're moving me into something different. I'm excited about that. He's like, wait, nope, I'm, I'm not quite done with that. That worship piece we're still going to use just in a different way. So just been great to see how God's brought it all together. Just being willing to take a step of faith and see what he's going to do. And it really taught our kids about faith. Uh, it taught mm-hmm. us about faith, but it taught our kids that to see mom and dad take a step of faith and and to know that God was going to take care of us. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I have to chime in on a couple of things because when I when I did read the intro in the beginning, I mentioned how I'd been at Renew because I've I've interacted with you a few different times at KFO and in and, mm-hmm. and um, at Focus. I had no idea that you were a worship leader. So when we get to Renew and I knew you and Dr. Ford were going to be there, but I didn't know you were doing worship right away. I didn't know that at <laughs> first. And then, you know, when worship started, you clearly have a gift and anointing to lead worship. And I was like, because the, the worship was, I mean, you know, the presence of God was there. So you were able to, to usher that in. And it was just just ministered to, I know myself and the other parents in the room that really needed to be ministered to. Yes. So, and it ministered um, to me too. So yeah, um, yeah. It, was, it was great. 
That is awesome. I have one of those lights, too, that goes off, and I'm not in the other part of the room, so I just went dark on the screen. Our <laughs> listeners have no idea what I'm talking about because they're not going to see us, but um, same. we have the same troubles. Um, but uh, another thought, oh, one other thing I wanted to just mention, Dr. Sharon Ford, because my first, I, my first encounter with Dr. Ford, it wasn't, it was, I attended my first CAFO, I think it was probably 20... 11, maybe 2012, somewhere around in there, she was a keynote speaker at CAFO from the main stage and just amazing. I mean, we left there because I attended with my my pastor's wife at the time and, and they were foster and adoptive parents. We were kinship and we had our kids through international adoption, but I left there thinking we have to foster like you know you you leave and like you know there's more for you to do and you want to do it all but she was just amazing and then over the years you know i remember one year i bumped into her in the bathroom at kfo right in the ladies room and just <laughs> just just genuine and such a heart for the the children oh, and the work yes. and then just continuing and then i've had her on the show as a guest a couple of times so she's just amazing amazing woman such a, an honor to be able to connect with her and and i'm sure that you just are blessed to work with her every yes. day you know, she imparts so much wisdom. I've, I've, yes. uh, we, we're, we're in meetings and she can rattle off things about ministries and places and who the leaders of this one are. And it shows a lot about her relationships that she's built um, that I'm just trying to glean a little bit off of and to learn from her. Um, I always tell people, if you ever get a chance to hear Dr. Ford mm-hmm. speak and hear the passion she has, yeah. you'll be changed. You'll be yeah. changed for because she has such a dynamic way of presenting that to the person yes. who's listening. Mm. And the wisdom, you know, it yeah. clearly, clearly shines through. Yeah. So, so I love that. Love that. Um, now, for our listeners who might not know, because you said you didn't know at first that Focus on the Family has an adoption and foster care ministry. Yes. So tell us about that. So it's called Wait No More. And uh, sometimes people say, what does that mean? We don't want children to be waiting any longer. We don't want them to wait anymore for a home, uh, for a permanent place, for support. We don't want foster parents and adoptive parents to have to wait any longer for finding that place of support. And so uh, it's called Wait No More. And we used to be event driven. And I'm sure even some of your listeners probably came to our our Wait No More events. And um, we, God really started to deal with Dr. Ford. I came to focus in July of 2000 uh, of last year of 2022. But before that, even God had really started to speak to her that we can be better stewards of our money and of our time. It always took a long time from the time people would initiate the process to the end of the process. Uh, a lot of time and you lose momentum in there. And so we wanted to be better stewards of that. And so Actually, just this week, we have launched our, our revamped, redone, waitnomore.org. And so it is really a resource for, for um, we have four areas. Uh, technically, we have five. So we have a getting started. Um, but then we also have a place for adoptive families and foster families and kinship families. And then what we call family allies. It's really those who come along to support those, those families. Um, And so it's, it's kind of portals that you can go to, to find information. We're always going to be keeping it up to date Uh, for people who are, who have uh, been a part of our previous website. um, Just, we invite you back to waitnomore.org. It's very clean looking, very modern looking, very updated. Um, And so we invite you back to be a part of it. So through that, you can also go on and order uh, some booklets. We have booklets that we do for free. Those booklets are free and there's different, one of them is on um, FASD. And then there's uh, animal therapy, there's sensory deprivation, uh, love and loss in foster care. We have a couple of them that are in Spanish. You can order them for free. We ship them for free. We are we want to be a resource to um, to these families that are in this space, and we want to be a resource to churches as well uh, to how you can start a ministry. So we're constantly going to be updating the articles, the videos. Um, we're we're going to be uploading a dad series here for for um, this month of June. We want to be able for families to to be feel like. They're encouraged, they're supported, they're loved. Um, we want them to know that the focus on the family, yes, we do all those other great things, but we're also in this space 
But then the great part about focus is we can then connect you to those other places in parenting, in children, um, in marriage, because your marriage has to be strong in this. Um, We also have boundless, which is for, um, you know, those for young adults. And so they address sometimes the singleness and we get questions. Can I be single and be, and be a foster parent? Yes. Go on to waitnomore.org and find those resources that will help to answer those. But what's so great, there's a contact us form and Dr. Ford or myself respond to those. And uh, she takes, she really takes the time to listen, uh, to, to respond back to those. And so I love that piece of it, but also we have a suitcase bundle program um, that's yes. really taken off. And uh, so we are, we're excited about that. There's a, there's a whole place on there where you can learn about suitcase bundle program. Uh, we currently have a wait list because we've had so many requests that we've met our budgeted amount. And now we're have these that are waiting till we get more budget to be able to do that. And then it's a, it's a Bible, a bear, an age appropriate Bible, a bear and a, and a, and a, a duffel bag that kids in foster care can use to just have some dignity. So they're not using a trash bag. So many resources that we actually offer, but you can find it all on waitnomore.org. And we invite you to just go on and be a part. There's downloadables. There's all sorts of great stuff. And you're going to be on there, hopefully coming this summer. We've already filmed with you and an article that you wrote for us. And so um, we're going to be highlighting that in in, uh, the month of hopefully towards the end of July. We're going to have that up ready to go. And you'll be we'll be able to um, have those the the amazing stuff that you offer uh, that we'll be able to offer to our constituents also. So looking forward to all that. Waitnomore.org. Yes, and we'll make sure we put a link in the show notes so that our our listeners can go right there. Super awesome. easy. You guys have great social media as well, so they yes, can follow Wait No More on social media. Yes. Super important. Um, love all that you're doing, and it's incredible. Um, appreciate it, and I love how you're covering all of the families and including the kinship families, because so they, they can kind of get left out, right? Because not they everybody can. thinks of grandma uh, taking care of her grandchildren as a foster or adoption type thing. Mm-hmm. But it really is because if grandma didn't do that, chances are that kiddo would end up in foster care. That's right. right? So mm-hmm. so it's it's very similar space. Um, I like to promote our show that way as well, because foster foster adoptive and kinship caregivers can definitely get something out of this podcast and our resources. So love that you're addressing that. Derek, you chose the verses I opened with. I read Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. So I wanted to ask you, why is that important to you? So all it's that whole, it's that trust in the Lord with all your heart. There's, I break it down. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. He doesn't say just give a part of it. He doesn't just say, trust me with a little bit of it. But, but you know, the big things that, or trust me only in the big things and not the little things. I love that all word, trust in the Lord with all your heart, not just a little piece of me that says, I'm going to trust you with this, but I'm, I, I have a hard time trusting with that because I can't see it. I can't see it with my eyes right now. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and then lean not on your own understanding. That's been the story of my whole foster journey here, but really before that even don't look at what's what you can see, what you can understand in the earthly realm going on here with your eyes. Uh, lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. It doesn't say just in uh, like two or three of your ways, acknowledge him. In, in all your ways, it doesn't say when the things are good, acknowledge him. It doesn't say, um, you know, when things are bad, acknowledge him. It says in all your ways, acknowledge him. And then he will direct your paths. And so all those pieces come together where you trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then don't look at the things around you. Don't lean on your own understanding, what your what your little small mind can comprehend, but then in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So that's been the journey. I didn't realize a long time ago when God spoke that verse to me before this foster care journey, how much that verse would mean to me in this journey, because there's a lot of things that I don't understand and why these kids have to go through the things they go through, why we go through the things we go through. But that's not what he says. He says, don't lean on that understanding, but acknowledge him and let him direct our paths. Yeah. And I can see where you did apply that, especially when you stepped down from your job at the other church with six kids and no job to head to. So you -hmm. definitely walked by faith and the Lord definitely has directed your steps. So Thank you. I believe that too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's evident, evident. Um, 
as we wrap up, and I, I we could chat forever, but we got to wrap up here yeah. shortly. I, I would love for you to share some words of encouragement for all of our listeners who are probably moms and dads, but also add a little something in there for the dads who might be listening. We do have some dads who listen, That's and I'm right. sure the moms the moms <laughs> are going to be like, you have to listen to this this month because they're, they're talking dads. But but offer some words of encouragement for the foster, adoptive, and kinship parents on this journey who really need that encouraging word. Sure. Yeah. Listen, I know it's hard. It's hard. Nobody, this journey is not an easy journey and people who get into it thinking it's easy um, are in for just a rude awakening. This is a journey. Also remember that in a journey, you have the times where you're going downhill and it's going fast and you're going and you're going full speed ahead and you're like yes this is a fun roller coaster and then you're like ooh here comes the mountain whoa i need all the help i can get just to get over this mountain um so it's a journey but don't walk it alone that's my biggest encouragement find resources go to conferences do things that will um that will lead you to that through focus on the family we have a partnership with show hope for hope for the journey which is what we talked about before find those pieces that you can uh glean from go to the conferences talk to friends go to the therapy go to the counselor go to your pastor do those things. If there's not a foster care ministry in your church, start one because you'll be surprised at who comes out of the woodwork to be a part of it. So don't walk this journey alone. Not Focus is one, re, one resource. Waitnomore.org is one resource. Uh, your, your Sandra and, and Justice for Orphans is one resource. Glean from these resources. Take what you can from them and don't walk this alone. When I say for dads, I was the furthest away from this. And so I can honestly say the biggest piece that I had as a dad is I couldn't love these kids like I would my own kids. And that is a lie. And that is not the truth. Don't let your fears. And this is what I tell when I was talking to dads. Don't let your fears determine what the future is going to be. Don't let your fear of what may or may not be determine whether you're going to step into this space. Allow yourself to step into this space and see what God does instead of being fearful and just standing back and waiting for things to happen. If you're married, listen to your wife. Have these conversations. Have these hard conversations about, and it might be that you're wanting to and she's not wanting to. Have these conversations about where you see yourself and be vulnerable to that. Be vulnerable and saying, I'm afraid of this journey. Men don't like to be afraid. I'm afraid of this journey. I'm afraid that I might get too far into this and actually love a child that's not that's not my biological child. That's okay. Don't be afraid. Step into this space. Find where you fit. And you're going to be surprised at what God does in your life. Mm, I love that. Love that, Derek. Mm-hmm. Words of wisdom, very encouraging words, encouraging words even for me. So Good. thank you so, so much. Thank you yes. for all that you're doing along with Dr. Ford and everyone at Focus on the Family on behalf of the foster and adoption and kinship community. Um, I personally appreciate your work and how you guys have addressed the FASD piece as well. Um, thank you again. Thank you for being on the show and for sharing your story. Thank you for having me, Sandra. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. Wow. That was a great interview. Love all that Focus on the Family is doing with their Wait No More ministry. Um, Dr. Sharon Ford and Derek Carter, our guest, um, doing amazing things on behalf of the Adoption, Foster, and Kinship community. I hope you'll check it out. We will put a link to waitnomore.org in the show notes for this episode. Um, and that is where, um, as I've shared with our listeners uh, all along, because I was out at Focus on the Family back in April, um, and we recorded a video segment on FASD, uh, as well as I wrote an in-depth article about FASD. And those two things by the end of the summer will be on the Wait No More website. So I'll be letting you know about that as well as we go there, but you'll be able to check that out. Um, again, they're doing doing great work and I hope you were inspired by Derek's story today. I think all of us 
um, were, and I trust that dads listening um, will be as well, are as well. Um, so just, I'm just so grateful. Um, be sure to tune in again next week. We will feature another amazing foster and adoptive dad. Um, want to keep inspiring you and we want to keep equipping you for this parenting journey. If you'd like to learn more about FASD, fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, uh, how to apply the neurobehavioral model to accommodate your children for success, you'll want to take advantage of our training. Um, there's training, open registration for training. There's also a list of the different types of training we have available. Just go to our website, justicefororphansny.org, click on training, and then you'll see uh, FASD and the drop down. You can check it out. Um, there's a link again to the, our website as well in the show notes here. And you know, if you're interested in booking an online or in-person workshop for your group, maybe it's your church group, like D Derek was describing church group ministries, foster and adoption care ministries. Um, maybe it's a support group that you attend. Maybe you work for an agency, or maybe you want more of just a one-on-one -on -one and do a workshop with me yourself. Contact me again through the website um, and you'll be able to work out whatever it is that you might want tailor-made. If it's not listed on the website how you would want to do it, you want some some more of some consultation and, and personal walk through the neurobehavioral model, I'm available for that too. You can go to our website as well. You can also email me directly. My email is my name, Sandra Flack, at justicefororphansny.org. So either way, you can find me. I'm on social media too. You can find me there. Remember as well, our hope for the FASD Journey Virtual Support Community. Um, that is here. We offer that to guide you along your parenting journey, whether or not you know your kids are diagnosed or not. Maybe you're just suspecting and you feel like you need some support. We've got moms um, and dads are welcome too. We've got, a, we got, sometimes we have a dad or two on, but there's several moms and we've got kids from littles to teenagers to some of us have kids with young adults. Um, this week we're having a special um, guest uh, every the second Tuesday of every month. We have a VIP conversation and our guest this month is, is uh, Kenny LaJoy. He's a young adult with an FASD. Um, he's written a book. He's been a guest on my podcast before. So he's going to be on. He's going to share his story and then all of our community members, the support group members, get to ask him questions. So it's, a, it's interactive and that's great. So it is, as Derek mentioned, you have to find your people. Don't go this alone. So our support group is one way that you can to really connect. It's online. It's virtual. We use Zoom. Um, and, and we also connect through a private Facebook group. We pray for one another. It is a faith-based group. To my knowledge, there is no other faith-based FASD support group anywhere else in the world. So until I find out there is one, you know, that would be great if there is another one, but I think it's just us so far. And we've got members from all over the United States who are coming on and getting supported. Um, and, and that's super important. So I hope you'll check that out too. Um, so, yep. If you enjoyed the show, again, please subscribe, leave a review if you have the opportunity to do that. It just helps more foster and adoptive parents know uh, that we are here as a resource because really listening to podcasts helps you feel like you're part of a community and having support as well. So it, that's another great free resource. Uh, again, be sure to find and follow us, Justice for Orphans, on Facebook and Instagram. And you can find myself on both platforms as well, Sandra Flack. If you made it to the end of here hearing all these announcements still, way to go. I'm grateful that you have spent your valuable time with me today. I am thrilled to have you along for the journey. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Adoption and Foster Care Journey podcast, brought to you by Justice for Orphans. We hope you were encouraged today. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review and share it with your fellow foster and adoptive parent friends so they can be encouraged too. Be sure to find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Justice for Orphans. And check out our website for vital resources at justicefororphansny.org.